this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindus in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today India has begun its massive COVID-19 vaccine rollout and over 16 lakh frontline workers have been vaccinated so far. This however falls short of the government's targeted number. There has also been some debate with regard to the emergency use authorization granted to one of the vaccines being used. Experts point to vaccine hesitancy as one of the reasons the expected numbers have not been met. To speak to us about how the country has fared so far with the vaccine rollout what the government can do about hesitancy and the need for transparency to build trust is dr shahid jamil virologist and director trivedi school of biosciences ashoka university good afternoon dr shahid and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast good afternoon zubeda pleased to be here more than a week since the covid-19 vaccine rollout and over 16 lakh frontline workers have been inoculated so far how do you think the covid-19 vaccination program is progressing have we made a good start yes i think we have made a good start we could have done better if you recall the government had uh, decided that they will be able to vaccinate 3 lakh people every day and if you go by that number in 9 days we should have reached 27 lakhs we have reached a little over 16 lakhs uh so that means that we have vaccinated roughly 60% of our target now that's a good start but uh, we could have done better the health ministry has flagged vaccine hesitancy among doctors and nurses as one of the reasons why more people have not been vaccinated so far what do you think are the reasons for the hesitancy doctor and do all new vaccines face this Yes all new vaccines face some level of hesitancy uh because people are worried about side effects uh this is more so in the case of these vaccines uh because they have been developed uh, essentially in 12 months uh a process that usually took something like 10 to 15 years uh, for other vaccines so there is this apprehension uh that safety and effectiveness of these vaccines have not been checked enough uh also the type of approval that at least in india these vaccines got and the confusing language that was used uh, has uh, has not helped also i feel that there was very little outreach before the vaccine was rolled out to actually explain the facts to to people uh so most of these things i feel have contributed to uh the hesitancy that we are seeing you spoke about the confusing language used doctor uh speaking about the recent controversy bharat biotech's covaxin uh was given emergency use authorization under the clinical trial mode there's been a lot of debate around this since the approval but there's still a lack of clarity about what clinical trial mode means So unlike a trial which is placebo controlled in the rollout as a vaccine there is no such group correct that's right so the merits of covaxin approval aside what kind of clinical data can be gathered from its use in this manner across hundreds of vaccine centers is this really a clinical trial as is 
as is commonly understood yes so you're absolutely right you know when the when the approval came out and it said it is in cl- clinical mode without explaining what the regulator actually meant by clinical trial mode uh people were thinking various things one of course is that in a clinical trial you have vaccine versus placebo so would half the people be given the vaccine and half be given placebo uh the second point is that everyone who takes part in a vaccine trial in a clinical trial is given uh, a health insurance to cover for any any side effects uh, so these were the questions it was later clarified not by the regulator but uh, by the government that what clinical trial essentially meant was that it would be an open trial so there would be no placebo everyone will get the vaccine and secondly uh, what they meant was that everyone will have access to healthcare uh depend if if somebody has an adverse reaction to the vaccine now coming to the other point on what sort of data can be gathered since it is no longer a placebo controlled trial uh we will not be able to gain any efficacy data uh from this open trial it will only prove whether the vaccine is safe or not uh, but we will not be able to say how effective this vaccine is once it rolls out in the population right doctor you were talking about uh, the fact that the government did not uh, take enough effort to explain to the public what this vaccine was all about mm-hmm. uh, in order to overcome vaccine hesitancy what do you think can be done now in terms of government and public communications how can the government convince the people that the vaccines on offer are safe and effective right uh so firstly uh you know hesitancy can only be overcome by building trust and that comes from uh complete transparency not cherry picking data as you wish and also uh you have to convey a sense of accountability unfortunately the way this approval was made uh and the regulator refused to ask answer any questions uh created a lot of uh, problems the other thing is uh, you know any outreach uh, to remove hesitancy uh, really needs to use a different kind of communication a different kind of language while it is okay to throw data at people and say well uh, you know so many lakhs of people have been have been vaccinated and we have seen only 0.2% adverse effects but for a person who gets the adverse effect it no longer remains 0.2% it becomes a 100% effect absolutely so uh, i think it's it's very important to give examples why you know a lot of hesitancy is uh, you know i got a message on my whatsapp from a friend whose nephew had an adverse effect now you can't counter that by saying well this is what the data shows you can counter it by using similar language which you can say that well yes it could have been possible with your uh, neighbor's nephew but you know doctor so and so has seen so many other people in the same age group and has given vaccines to so many other people in that age group and none of them had an adverse effect so it's a very different kind of language 
you know people don't people who take part in these every single one is uh, important every single one wants to feel important so no one wants to feel average so you can't say on an average you know we see this uh, so deal with people as individuals and try to explain them with examples of people who have taken vaccines and it's now it's very good that public figures are coming forward prominent doctors are coming forward and publicly taking the vaccine so i think those things will help but some of these things could have been could have been done a little earlier and things put in place so i think as time goes uh, this hesitancy uh, will ease off do we do we have a history of this doctor <laughs> for instance uh, when the polio vaccine was launched have we faced anything similar before oh yes absolutely in all types of vaccines in the in the polio vaccine uh, i remember there was a there was very big hesitancy coming from uh, a certain uh, religious group saying that this vaccine is a conspiracy against us to make our children infertile <clears throat> and it took a lot of effort from really enlightened religious leaders uh, to to counter that so the kind of hesitancy you see you have to really provide the same kind of communication to people uh to be able to overcome that uh, i was also reading about when the when in the late 19th century the plague vaccine was being uh, uh a trial was ha- had to be conducted by uh hofkin and people were not coming forward so some very prominent people from bombay came forward with children from their families who got publicly vaccinated to show that uh, the vaccine uh, is safe uh, so depend depending upon you know the kind of situation you face you have really have to improvise but yes hesitancy has been seen for every single vaccine so this is not anything unusual this is not anything unusual it's just that we have never rolled out vaccines in a pandemic this is the first time a vaccine is being tried in a pandemic to control a pandemic could more transparency from the government help in the sense that we don't even know even now who the expert committee members were who approved the vaccine we don't have the minutes of the meeting uh, and the records have not been made available to public health experts no absolutely this is what i said earlier that transparency builds trust and trust can overcome hesitancy so uh, transparency is important would uh, the involvement of community leaders and public figures also help absolutely it has shown in the past that it has helped and it will help again and i'll give you a small example mm-hmm. uh you know sometime back uh when uh the when you picked up your phone to call somebody uh mr amitabh bachan's voice was on the phone asking people to wear a mask and maintain distance and all that yes uh i overlooked this completely and but my my driver told me uh, he said uh, why is this man telling us to wear a mask if he was wearing a mask he would not have had covid uh now to use amitabh bachan who had already had covid to promote that message just because he has a good voice uh just like i overlooked this many other people who were making this decision overlooked it but 
you know somebody uh, is watching this so i i think the type of public figures that we use are also important and movie stars don't always make the right public figures uh, to do these things but they do have broad appeal they do have broad appeal uh, yes certainly but uh, we have to pay attention to other things as well right the kind of message is also important yeah doctor uh, india's epidemic curve has been on a downward slope for some time now mm-hmm. and even despite festivals and political gatherings we haven't seen sharp bumps since november at the same time europe and america are facing surging second waves that have crippled their health systems how do you explain what's happening in india well uh, i i think and this is simply my view uh, and i could be completely wrong uh, is that india had a very broad first wave so uh, possibly a lot of people have already been exposed to the virus and mm-hmm. this is something that zero prevalence data shows this is something that modeling data also shows uh data shows that roughly on an average about 30% of indian population may have already been exposed to the virus that's in, a huge number even in september uh zero prevalence data from slum areas of mumbai showed almost 57 or 60% zero prevalence so some crowded cities we are reaching that figure mm-hmm. so it is possible that despite the festival season the sahara diwali despite bihar elections where you could not find mask on any face mm-hmm. we have not seen a spike uh so it could simply be that many more people have been exposed compared to the numbers that we have and because of it Uh, the virus is not spreading as fast and the virulence has has reduced but we must be alert to the uk variants that are already in our population now which in uk are spreading at a much faster rate so we have to be very careful of that because data right now is uh, very sketchy on uh, whether prior infection with the wild type strain will protect against the uk variants uh so there we have to be a little careful so it's possible that even if we have been exposed before we might not be protected against the new strain it is possible and there is some data coming to that effect although not with the uk variant but with mm-hmm. another variant that's not present in india yet or at least not found in india yet uh but you know viruses can be very unpredictable so we have to be careful and not think that we are out of the woods yet we really need to continue to wear masks continue to maintain distancing avoid crowded places all that even if you take the vaccine even if you take the vaccine absolutely doctor you've spoken earlier about the need for increased genomic surveillance could mm-hmm. you speak to us a little bit about that well uh, the who recommends that uh, you sequence the virus from at least one out of 300 confirmed cases because in their uh, you know estimation that will allow you to catch any variants in that are circulating in your population early enough to control now if you look at data from india uh, out of roughly 10.6 million confirmed cases in india 
we have only about 5000 viral genome sequences available in the database that's a rate of 0.05% which is you know roughly 6 to 8 fold lower than what you should be uh, so india needs to speed up and take the example of both uk and south africa they are sequencing at a much higher density in fact, UK is sequencing roughly 6.5% of its confirmed cases. South Africa is sequencing somewhere in the range of 03 to 0.5%. And that's how they were able to catch these viruses early on. Uh, we need to get up there. And uh, the government of India has now made uh, uh, an interministerial group uh, that is going to look after genomic surveillance. And that's mm -hmm. very good news because uh, the aim of this group is to sequence uh, about 5% of uh, cases. We won't get to 5% right away, but we will get there. And uh, But this is good and we should be able to then catch any variants that are emerging in our population, both by the virus spreading on its own as well as the virus uh, mutating in people who uh, are getting vaccines because remember you know vaccines will add another selection pressure on the virus to mutate uh, and we have to understand that and we have to look for that that is something i was going to speak to you about doctor so the virus the vaccines that we are going to be given now we don't know whether they will protect us against the new strains <clears throat> well we don't know that yet but there is some work going on but do remember that <clears throat> vaccines give a fairly broad uh, immuni fairly broad immunity. All the tests that are done in labs are done only to look at the effectiveness of antibodies. But vaccines give you more than antibodies. They Firstly, they give you antibodies that are directed to multiple parts of the virus. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they give you uh, cellular immunity, which is very difficult to look for in laboratory-based assays. So there is already some indication emerging from studies elsewhere that the South African variant can be a problem uh, okay. as far as antibody neutralization is concerned. Uh, and we'll just have to keep a watch on this. Doctor, the Tell us a little bit about how the vaccine protects us. It provides us, it, it uh, prevents us from becoming sick. And does it also help us prevent, prevent spreading the virus around? Yeah, so there are two types of vaccines. Uh, one is called a sterilizing vaccine. A sterilizing vaccine means that it gives you protection, not just from disease, but also from infection. So mm -hmm. if you don't get infected, then obviously you will not transmit the virus. Now, yes. all the vaccines for COVID anywhere in the world are tested against their ability to protect from disease. They have not been tested. Their efficacy has not been determined for infection. So uh, most people would, who have the vaccine will still get infected, but the virus will not multiply too much in their bodies and therefore they will not get disease but even if the virus replicates to some extent they can still 
shed the virus in their cough or in their uh, nasal uh, uh, secretions uh, and they may still transmit the virus that is why it is very important for even people who get the vaccines to continue to wear masks because you know you have had protection but it's also your duty to protect others right so we can't let our guard down at all absolutely not how equipped are we doctor in terms of giving mm. the second dose of the vaccine to so many lakhs of people that we need to do now well i think uh, supply of vaccine is not going to be a problem because we have uh, right now these two vaccine approvals in india there are a couple mm-hmm. of other vaccines that are in the testing pipeline so i don't believe uh, supply is going to be a problem logistics of giving the vaccine is definitely uh, something uh, that we should uh, that we are looking at seriously actually uh, and the, the other thing is hesitancy uh, hesitancy has to be overcome so that people come in large numbers and get vaccinated and i do believe this will this will improve and if we can go to the capacity of 3 lakh per day uh, then hopefully by the middle of the year we will be able to do the 3 crore people who are healthcare and frontline workers and then really starts the 27 crore who uh, have who who come in the high risk group as far as mortality is concerned uh so it's it's still a long road ahead of us uh, yeah doctor is in what way can the private sector help the vaccine rollout is there a public health case to be made for vaccine availability in the open market well uh eventually vaccine will be available in the open market uh i don't know when uh, government hasn't said that but you can't really expect uh 300 million people to be vaccinated purely through a government program uh so it would have to be some kind of public private partnership but i think it's also important that uh the government uh regulates the price of the vaccine so you know if the vaccine is available to government con- through government contracts for 200 rupees a dose and it's available for 1000 rupees a dose in the open market uh that there would be many people who may not be able to take the vaccine uh, they may not be able to spend 2000 rupees to get the vaccine two doses uh mm-hmm. and so some policy has to be set up uh based on the earning based on the economic uh, status of the person and uh what has to be kept in mind is that no one should be denied a vaccine for their lack of ability to pay for it uh because uh, unless everyone who needs to be protected is protected uh no one else is safe and this is this is uh, something that we need to to understand also you know if uh, even if it's the same vaccine that's available through government for 200 rupees and uh in the private sector for 1000 rupees there will be no end to rumors which say that the one that is being given at 1000 rupees 
uh, is better than the one that is being given at 200 rupees. So again, there will be a different communication challenge to overcome. Uh, so there are there are there are many more challenges uh, ahead of us, and there are many more nuances ahead of us. Uh, so we have to comp- continuously evolve our approach uh, to looking at this problem. In terms of communication, doctor, should the main message just be that the vaccine is safe and that everybody should take it? Both the vaccines that are in India right now? That's the only thing that we know at this point. All we know is that the vaccines have been proven to be safe. We We can't honestly say for either vaccine that uh, they have a certain level of efficacy simply because the efficacy trials for both vaccines in India, their results are not out yet. So that's about the only thing we can say. But what we can say is that, look, here here are two vaccines. We know that these vaccines will not harm you. How much these vaccines will help you is something we don't know yet. But based on comparisons to similar vaccines elsewhere in the world, we think these vaccines will be uh, will have enough efficacy. That's the accurate thing to say. Instead of saying that you know this vaccine is is both safe and effective because we don't know that. So that's where that's where I was coming. That uh, you know you have to be completely transparent and honest in your communication, and then people understand. People understand that something cannot be developed in in such short time and meet all the benchmarks for something that takes 10 to 15 years to develop. Doctor, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Sure. It was a pleasure. Bye. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.